Four or five years ago, Pope Francis has designated this third Sunday of Ordinary Time as Word of God Sunday to highlight the central importance the Word of God has in the life of the church and should have in the lives of each of us and the faithful. He's asked in some way to, to enshrine, to enthrone the scriptures in our sanctuary as an as a invitation, a motivation for each of you to make sure that the Bible, the sacred scriptures, have a prominent place in your home. Because we know the word of God is Jesus, so he's not just those words on the page. But those words on the page are real. And they speak to the truth. And they speak life. And it says that the word of God is alive. It's active. It's effective. It does things in our lives if we allow it. And so we have to allow it. So Pope Francis is encouraging each one of us to open our hearts to a new way to the power of the Word of God, especially found in the sacred scriptures. And as that Word of God is presented to us this day, this Sunday, we begin our walk with with St. Mark in this year B. So the Gospels for the rest of our, our normal, ordinary time will be coming from Mark's Gospel as we walk with him through the adult life of Jesus. As that epiphany, the manifestation that we celebrated a couple of weeks ago continues. And the call of Christ continues. And so for the third week in a row, in a very real way, the call of Christ is made known to us through the sacred scriptures. So two weeks ago, we celebrated the epiphany. Where those men in the, in the east saw the star, they felt the call, and they went on a journey to the unknown land. They left what was comfortable and convenient and went on a journey in search of something more. Last week, that call, the call of Samuel, the young man who was asleep at the ark, not yet familiar with the voice of the Lord. And so the Lord called him multiple times, and when he finally heard it, we read that the word of God was never ineffective in his life. And then last week also, in our gospel, we had John the Baptist, who pointed out Jesus walking by, and two of his disciples, John and Andrew, left him and went to follow Jesus, and they stayed with him, and had such a life-changing encounter with the Word of God that they ran to tell Simon, to tell him that they had found the one, the one that they had all been waiting for. And then once again today, we have this beautiful call in our first reading and in our gospel. That famous story that we're all familiar with of Jonah in our first reading. You know, the one who was swallowed by the whale. And there's cute little cartoons, and it's it's a fun story for us to teach. But it's so much more than that. It's deep. It's rich in theological truth with great indications for our salvation. Because we had, the the beginning of the reading says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. But this is chapter 3, verse 1. If you go to chapter 1 of Jonah, and it's only like four pages long, if you have a small Bible, like two and a half, if you have a full-size Bible. It's a short story. 
but it's so rich, so dense. But in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And then what happened, we have in the story. So what happened the first time? The first time the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Because like last week, there was multiple callings. But last week, Samuel didn't know his voice. Samuel didn't know where to go, didn't know what to say. Until he finally was directed in the right way. But Jonah knew. When you read the full story, there's no doubt who was calling. And there was no doubt what the call was. Jonah just didn't want to do it. He told God no. God said, go to the Ninevites and preach repentance. And Jonah said no. Any of you parents raising teenagers may have some experience with that. God said, go to Nineveh. Jonah said, I'm going to Tarshish. I'm going as far away, the opposite way that you can imagine. Because I'm not going that way. And why? Why did he not want to go to the Ninevites? Because about a hundred years before this story is written, the Ninevites had come to his land and destroyed everything murdered most of his people, took the rest into exile, destroyed all of their their religious places, brought in their idols, and erected idol-worshiping places. So everything that he had held dear, everything that was good and true and beautiful to him, was ruined by the very same people that God said, now go preach mercy to. It's understandable why he would say no in one sense, of thinking about things. But as we think about these last couple of weeks and what do these call stories mean for us, this call out of what is comfortable and convenient and what makes sense into something that's unknown, something that's unfamiliar, something that's going to be challenging and daring. Oftentimes when we hear these stories, we read these stories, it's so cute and nice and it just makes sense and it's for somebody else a long time ago, but not for me. But when we hear the full story of Jonah and we wonder, who in my life do I not want God's message preached to? Who in my life who I hope can go to hell? And I've probably told them multiple times. Who in my life has hurt me so, so deeply, so profoundly, that I can't even imagine that God loves them? And there's no way I would ever tell them that. So many of us do carry these wounds and these scars, this trauma from our past. So maybe this message is for you today. The Lord's inviting you to go to Nineveh and to preach repentance and mercy and healing and forgiveness. But that's when Jonah went the other way and got on that boat, and the boat began to sink, and the men found out who it was, so they threw him overboard. And that's when the whale swallowed him. And for three days and three nights, he was in the belly of the whale. And then the whale spit him on the shore. And then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. For three days and three nights, he was in the belly of the whale. 
This is the story that Jesus pointed to when the Pharisees, who he called wicked and evil, said, you're looking for a sign. No sign will be given you except the sign of Jonah. But just as he was three days in the belly of the whale, the Son of Man will be three days in the earth. So this story of Jonah is a resurrection story. That he had to die to what made sense to him. He had to die to his ideas of how life should go and what made sense and what was important and what was good, what was valuable, what was all the things that we put into our lives. And then we try to put God on top of that and make God make sense of our own life. But Jonah went and he preached repentance. And as we heard, they all repented. Happy ever after, right? Nope, Jonah's still mad. Jonah's mad that they repented. And he basically told God, since if you're going to save them, then kill me, because I don't want to be around them. The hardness, the obstinacy that, that rests so deep in some of our hearts. This is what the Lord has come to set us free. Because all those people, and even the animals, were in sackcloth and ashes. They all repented. The only one who didn't was, was Jonah. The one who clearly heard God's voice. The one who knew the voice of the Lord, who knew what the Lord wanted. He's the only one that didn't repent. How sad is that, that some of us could hear God's word and not follow? How sad is it that some of us can be stuck in our own ideas of how life should be, that we tune out the parts of the gospel that we don't like? This is the call to us today, to wake up, to hear that voice, so that when Jesus does come by our shoreline and call us, we can follow. But as we heard last week, they had already come to know Jesus. This immediacy of their response today followed on their encounter with him. And we encounter the Lord through the liturgy, through the sacraments, and through the sacred scriptures. And so if we're not spending time with him, how can we hear his word? And how can we have the courage to follow when he calls us into those places that we don't want to go? We must spend time with him. We must come to know his voice. And last week we had the first words from John's gospel. Today, we have the first words from Mark's gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time of fulfillment is here. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the fullness of time, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God, this new way of being, this new way of thinking, this elevated sense through the waters of baptism, when we die to this world and we rise to new life, we rise to a mindset of God. That the calculus of things is different than our calculus on this world. This is the true new world order. Not with Schwab and Soros and Gates and all these other criminals who are destroying families, who are trying to impede and pardon their own new world order. Christ has already given us the new world order. And we live it every time we come to the Holy Mass. So he called to repent. The same call that, that Jonah gave. To radically allow the gospel to reorient your life. What is good, what is true, what is beautiful, 
well, what, does, what do the scriptures say? What does Mother Church teach? Then that makes sense in my life, and I plan my life around that. Andrew and Simon, James and John were fishermen. They had their life carved out. They had their game plan before them. It was a grave sin for a Jewish man to abandon his father, to abandon his family, unless it was to follow the higher calling of God. And this is why they were able to leave immediately. Because as important as that was for them, they knew that following God was more important. Do we? Have we been fully convinced of the life-saving message of Jesus Christ? That he has come into your life to bring you to new life. But in order for that new life, you must die to the old life. Someone said, if we want to obey God, we have to first disobey ourselves." Have we made it to that point yet? Have we been so fully convinced that I'm dead without Jesus, that I'm willing to leave everything behind? I'm willing to preach the gospel to the people that I can't stand. I desire to see them in heaven. This radical transformation of the mind of the heart that comes through the presentation of the gospel. And as we continue to walk with Jesus in this ordinary time, we're going to get the call again and again, the opportunity to say yes again and again. But at one point, the call is going to stop because as St. Paul told us in the second reading, everything is passing away. The time for decision is now. Don't be distracted. Don't play both ends hoping one comes out. Jonah clearly heard God's voice, but he wasn't willing to go through. In my story, after I had come to know the voice of God, and I was certain he was calling me to the priesthood, but I wasn't fully convinced. I was waffling, I was struggling. And I was going to Mass at Assumption. And there was this a lady in the parish, Miss May, who knew me. She knew my story, and we were friendly. And one day after Mass, I was sitting talking to some friends, and she came by, and she just simply said, David, don't be a Jonah. Don't go the wrong way. You know where God's calling you. Don't be a Jonah. So where is God calling you? What comfort zone is he asking you to break out of? What life-changing pursuit is he inviting you on? And are you willing to say yes? To enter into the unknown, the uncomfortable. Are you willing to say yes to Jesus? He's calling He's calling you to new life. Don't be a Jonah.